This is an RNZ podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child. I'm Catherine Ryan, and here we draw on my conversations with experts on Nine to Noon to help you navigate family life. Uh, well, now, after 18 years of parenting, for some at least, it might be hard to let go. So when your now young adult leaves home for tertiary education and an independent life elsewhere, just how do you adjust? And how can you support your child during the first part of their time living away from home? COVID alert levels permitting, students have been immersed in the first few weeks of the new semester. And only now might parents and students be realising they're in it for the long haul. And for some, the nest will be feeling empty. As with many of our universities, Canterbury has seen a significant increase in new students, that is first-year students this year. In the University of Canterbury's case, first years are up by 22%. That's a lot more students to be giving pastoral care to. Our guest is the Deputy Vice-Chancellor of the University of Canterbury, Professor Catherine Moran with advice for dealing with both parents and students' challenges with the big transition. Catherine, good morning. Morena, Catherine. That's a big jump in uh, first years. I know the overall numbers are up about 13% for domestic enrolments, uh, which will be yes. welcome given you've lost so many of your international students. But uh, that's a heck of a lot more first years than normal. And just from your perspective, uh, what challenges is that posing? Well, we're, I guess, first and foremost, we're absolutely delighted. I think after a, after a summer and after a, a last year at this time heading toward lockdown, uh, when we, the buzz around campus is, uh, we're really feeling it and we feel that this is what it's about. Oh, Catherine, about. we're just, sorry to interrupt you, we're just uh, literally zooming in and out there and I'm wondering if we might just switch to telephone, I think, Catherine. I'll, sure. just, I'll, yep. just, I'll just pop you back to our uh, my colleagues. Thank you. And we're just talking about the big number of first years enrolled at Canterbury University uh, that she and the university are having to provide pastoral care for. So just pick up about the challenge of that, Catherine. Thanks, thanks, Catherine. Um, I hope, hopefully, this is a better a better sound for you. Uh, we're, as, as I was saying, we're absolutely delighted um, to have so many students on campus uh, for a number of reasons. But mostly, I think we all missed the buzz with the last year with the uh, lockdowns and students having to go fully online for parts of the year. It's really exciting to see uh, everybody on campus and the students engaging in courses end with each other, which is such a big part of it. We're not just a learning institution, we're um, an institution of connecting, and that's uh, that's been really exciting for the students and for us. So from your perspective, um, the, the care that's needed, we'll, we'll come to the parents in the moment, but for your mm. perspective, often many of those first years will be in halls of residence, right? A fairly high yes. proportion? Yes, most of our first years are in halls, but there are a big proportion that also aren't in halls. And those students also need some extra, sometimes some extra care. So we put some programs in place like um, local lunches and um, uh, halls without walls uh, types of programs to make sure that those students stay connected as well to the community. Um, Again, as I said, so much of university is about being part of a community. And uh, part of that is learning, but also Part of it's taking part in clubs and and um, some of those other aspects we have on campus. O week, I think, was during level two, so that would have marked with the sheer volumes uh, a bit, I imagine, and various mm-hmm. events. Yes, well, what we were a bit lucky. Our um, 
education, health, and human development students did start, actually started their classes during that week, but uh, our main activities were at the end of the week when we went down into uh, back to level one, so we were a bit lucky that way. Um, we did have a challenge our second week of lectures when suddenly students uh, found themselves at level two uh, and where we were restricting some of the numbers and classes and uh, encouraging more of the online learning. Uh, so uh, that was a, a point where we really needed to make sure our first years were well looked after and that they felt they knew where they were going, what they were doing and what to expect. Obviously, those first few weeks are particularly immersive for brand new students. There's mm. there's O week. There's you know the clubs and socks opportunities, clubs and societies opportunities around the place. There's student health there, which even quite early in their arrival, people might have uh, need to uh, call on. Um, and just getting your head around where am I going? Where are my lectures? What's my timetable? What's happening with young people at this point? And what what should parents expect about the level of communication they're going to have? Mm, so I think you you've absolutely nailed it. There is a lot of um, a lot of change for the students. There, I, I think the the point you make about where am I going, what am I doing? Um, I've walked around campus that first week, and students were still looking on their phones and finding their way. And uh, I know lots of us on campus did lots of direction and and supporting students to get to the right place. Um, so that's that's normal. There's always a, that little bit of of getting used to things. The students also will find themselves in really large classes, especially in first year. And that's different. It's different from high school where you um, are well known by year 13. You're probably the students, your class, you have classmates and, and uh, cohorts that you know um, how to hang out with and friends and so on. And you find some students will find themselves in big classes, finding their way around. So that's where some of that, um, we get in really early with clubs and also tutorials and labs and workshops. So giving students the opportunity to have some smaller, um, smaller group involvement and making sure we get a real sense of uh, cohort and, and groups. For parents, um, so, so, so that's all, that's happening for the students. For parents, it is um, a real balancing act because there is a real balance between staying in touch and letting go and letting your young person find their way. Now, some of the, I, I know as a parent myself, I would like everything to go perfectly smoothly for my child. Um, and uh, I have two teens and I want things to go really well and really easily for them. But part of the learning actually for the students is managing some of those challenges. Our responsibility as the university is to recognize where those critical points are, where the students might be having some difficulties um, where in the first week they might be feeling a bit nervous or uneasy and to make sure we're available to um, address those. They're also making their own way and they're, they're, very, they're very busy inside their own heads. Mm. And, and what do you find about expectations or, or even what, what, what might be appropriate for contact w with parents? Like, it's not that they uh, necessarily suddenly don't love you or aren't interested in you anymore. They're just, they're just busy, right? But how do you explain an appropriate level or appropriate way mm. to keep up communication with your team? Um, I mean, absolutely. And I, I, as I said, as a parent myself, I feel like I never get enough information back. Um, and so this, the main thing is really letting them know you're there. Um, you won't get you won't get the uh, level of detail 
probably that you would like. Uh, often, I, I, I know from myself, I send a great big text and might get an okay or good back. You know, how are things going? You want much more information. But the key is for letting them know you're there, you're on the other end of the line. The other thing I would do is, is encouraging them, just really encouraging their independence and agency cause, because that's what it's about while still being there um, if they need somebody to talk to or want to talk to. At the same time, encouraging them to get to know others, encouraging them to ask questions of their course coordinators, of their teachers, of um, the library is a great place to go in and ask questions, but and also joining the club. So really encouraging them as much as it will be a temptation, I think, to want to protect and um, and and solve the problems. It is really about I'm here, but the try and try and uh, reach out to some people on campus you can nudge I think that's what you're suggesting you can nudge you can make suggestions you can you can say why don't you do this why don't you try that as you've tried this but just don't expect that there's going to be a full and detailed response to that but you've sowed a seed right you've, you've planted an idea or, or a thought in, in your um, in your teen's head which is different Absolutely. from expecting detailed explanations and responses to everything it's a, it's a nudge process it's a nudge process, absolutely. It's also, you know, I think sometimes too, the one of the challenges as parents is when you do finally hear hear from the stu- from your from your uh, student who's away is sometimes you hear when things are not going right. So they're busy most of the time, happy most of the time, but then they might get in touch when things aren't going right, and that can be disconcerting because it can make you feel focused on obviously you're going to be focused on what's not going right but recognizing that that's probably a um, point in time and again those challenges there are people here to support the challenges um, and and those challenges are normal and part of the growth it's part of what part of the the learning comes from from uh, working through the challenges what is when is it important for parents to keep in touch and what is the information that it is important to communicate across whatever the distance is across the kilometers what will they want to know from you hmm. well i think they what they really want to know is that it's a as i said that you're there but also i think um sometimes we find that students will withhold information from parents because they're worried about the parents reaction and sometimes that's for um, it's helpful for parents to understand that you know change students changing their courses or changing direction in university in the first year is really normal Um, about a third of students will um, come in and and find something discover something new or some new pathways or courses that they um, tend to Tend down, and and that will get stu- that will sometimes make parents anxious, especially if they're moving from, say, a professional degree, where we might know what a lawyer or an engineer does, but as a as a parent, you might think, well, what does a physicist do or a mathematician or why are you studying criminal justice or why are you studying um, linguistics what do you do with that but that's actually a really normal um, normal transition for students and it's okay to do that also they will want to know this is this can be the sort of the um, uh, irony of this it feels like they, they don't necessarily want to know or hear anything, perhaps, from you. <laughs> Which, again, we said don't take personally if that's, that's what's <laughs> yes. happening. Uh, but the flip side is they will want to know key things that are happening at home and may yes. be upset if they don't. So yes. you know, sometimes even little changes, because they are still, by umbilical cord, 
attached and sometimes little things can upset them, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and knowing those things at home are important. And those can cause challenges here at, at university. And that's where having the support services, sometimes students just need to come in and talk to somebody. Um, we have student care teams and other support teams where, where the student might say something bad is happening at home. I don't know who to talk to. Um, it might be a pet. I mean, that, that is a really upsetting thing. If something, if there's an older pet at home, uh, if there's another family member, and, and sometimes it is just, um, sometimes it's also missing out on things, missing out on sort of celebrations and so on. So all of those things um, do require, it's useful to communicate them and be completely open with the student and to know again that there's some, there's some help here for them as well. Look, it could be, you know, your, your little sister's moved into your bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm exactly. sure that triggers a few. And yeah. here you are, you've moved on, but hang on, that's my bedroom. <laughs> so, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. I, you want to be, I think often our first-year students, are, are, especially, are, are, are still, you know, one foot in, in both places. The best systems um, for keeping in touch. Now, this is the other thing, the temptation to cyberstalk. Um, if you're going to do it, at least don't leave a footprint, right? <laughs> yes. Don't be liking things on, on whatever, um, whatever platform they're on. But are there some systems that are particularly good like Snapchat or others as a quick and easy way to touch base or are you best to stay off their place? What's the... Yeah, I think it depends on the student, to be honest. Um, you know, it, it's different relationships for different people. Uh, I personally do like to do Instagram with uh, with my kids just because I see a snapshot and I kind of know things are okay and I can make the odd um, comment like, get a job <laughs> or study hard or uh, those kinds of little uh, those kinds of little comments that just let the student know you're there they let your child know you're there you're in but you're not you're not meddling completely um, but it really does depend on the on the student I think snapchat's another one that Sometimes they want you there, sometimes they don't and if they don't want you there they won't open it so that uh, that's that's quite helpful. Is it worthwhile also even sorting out before you go what the contact might be, what the minimum contact might be? Because, again, we know serious things can happen to students in their first years, physical illness, uh, psychological and, and um, you know, um, mental health issues. And is it good to have some basic ground rules about a frequency of contact, even from that perspective? Absolutely, I think I think uh, you can. It is absolutely fair to set an expectation of I want to hear this much, this frequently from you, um, this much. Keeping in mind, you're you're encouraging the independence, but I do think it is. Um, it's a, that's a, a fair and reasonable expectation. I guess one thing to assure um, that might be assuring for parents, a, a system we have in in place is um, for our first years, we can um, we work with the first year so that we can see how they're going in, in their courses so not they're not particularly we're not looking at how their grades are going specifically but the students can see how much time we can see how much time they're spending on their courses and if they're if it looks like they're um falling off so if most people should be spending around four hours and they're only spending one hour we actually send a text to the students so they so some students will get a text from us saying oh we've noticed you've not been um in, in looking at your doing your work or doing your quizzes or you haven't been taking part in the discussion forum now that's where um, most students will come back and usually they jump right back online about 50 percent of students will say oh oops yep i kind of i've got a little bit busy and i've i've 
lost track a little bit. But that's also a place where we, um, for some students, if they don't respond, actually, then we will come in and we make contact with those students. And if we are concerned, we do, we will contact the parent. The pressures that come on, money pressures uh, and study, I can't keep up with this pressures. What signs to look for in any communications you Mm. are having with your child? Mm. Or maybe they are keeping up, but they're keeping up too much and they're at risk of burnout. What are some of the key things to look for in that first year in particular? Absolutely. So one of the, we know that the the sort of in the first um, five to six weeks, the common things that students who really start to flounder feel is is course load um, and feeling like they're not they're not on top of their their coursework um, and also feeling like that they might not belong at university that they don't it says it's like a fear of failure I just don't think I can do it and the the couple of things to encourage one um, there is it's normal to feel a little bit unsure um, at times and and one of the ways we structure our curriculum and some of the assessments and other tertiaries will do the same is is you um, we often get assessments up early uh, one bad assignment one falter doesn't mean that you can't do it so it's a, it's about encouraging getting that message around um, around one a couple of road bumps are normal and but to seek the help that you need Homesickness uh, can often be the instigator of a call home and what's the conversation you have with a student who really is um, either overtly or obviously homesick? I think that's that's part of the. I think that's one of the trickiest ones because I think the temptation as a parent, who also will probably be a bit lonely, um, with having their having their come home now. I haven't. I've changed the sheets. That will be the one. That will be the temptation. That's where it really is about um, uh, encouraging the student to get to make some connections. Um, So it's finding out. Who who are your do you have do you have friends who are your friends in class um, if you're in a hall talk to your RA there's resident assistants who's there who are there if you're not in a hall go talk to somebody in your um, in 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 your program maybe it's your one of your course coordinators but we also have student care um, we have Maori and Pacific teams who can support um, support students in 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 that loneliness and get you on track. So helping you get into um, a rec center or helping you get into a club, or maybe it is just about um, sometimes the loneliness does come from falling a little bit behind in the academic side and we can get you back on track. Um, so that, so those are, those are all quite, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a challenge as a parent because it is really, I think that's the parent also at this point needs to look after themselves a little bit as well. Um, and, and well, can you reassure them on that? I mean, you feel like you're abandoned sometimes because they literally, um, in some instances, not in all, obviously, in some instances, they just seem to disappear. Yeah. Uh, it, from your experience, do most young people, they are thinking of their parents. As we said, they are thinking of their parents. It's just those, you know, brains are just full of everything else, exploding with everything else that's happening. It was, Absolutely. They are busy. So the, the, the workload, it is busy. It's like doing a full-time job. Plus, they have lots of socializing on top of it. So, um, I mean, the, the good thing about the students being busy is they, it, it's a little bit, there's a little bit less um, opportunity for that loneliness. But of course, like all of us, if you get tired, if you get a bit overwhelmed with your study, um, something goes wrong, then, then naturally you're going to feel 
you you might feel a little bit lonely and think, oh, I just want to be home and um and and not here. And again, it's knowing that the parents on the other the the parent is there as a support, but really encouraging that um, that agency and and reaching out to people where where they are. But that's that's I think that's almost tougher on the parent to be to be frank. Part of their transition also is that they are now becoming young adults. Part of the parents' transition, and when mm-hmm. they start coming home, or even choosing when or whether they're coming home during the holidays, they're going to be different from when they left. They are becoming increasingly independent, and that's an adjustment the parent has to make. Absolutely, it's a it's a big change, you know, from when high school you're still getting lots of information about um about the grades that your child is getting and you're getting information about whether they're whether they're at school or not at school and and that information suddenly is is not there um the student it's up to the student to share what their grades are it's up to and and where we would contact is if there was something obviously if there was a something seriously wrong but in in, in basic things like grades and day-to-day activities um you you won't always know it's tempting to say i'm paying for this what are your grades totally <laughs> absolutely i'm sure those conversations have been had that's where i it's think it's a fair it point is, isn't it it is a fair <laughs> point that's where i think it's an absolute reasonable expectation for a certain level of communication yeah. just finally um, Catherine. i mean they, they are practical beings teenagers and they're still teenagers in their first year um okay they're not going to reply to your texts all the time on the dot and tell you the great details of of their love life as it changes from week to week <laughs> yes but they still things like care packages just little gestures to keep in touch oh. they're always going to be happy to receive nothing better stuff than a like care that. package in the in the mail with the favorite biscuits and the and the the um, just little treats that only only uh, the family and Fano would know is is uh, really special. So I think those are always welcome. Thank you, Catherine Moran, as Deputy Vice Chancellor of the University of Canterbury.